Computer, initialize Holosuite. Welcome to Beyond Farpoint, a podcast where we talk about Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm Jeff Owen and with me is Baz Greenland. Now, first of all, I've got to apologise to Baz for two reasons today. One is for forgetting to make the planned recording yesterday, as I hadn't put it in my own calendar. And secondly, for sort of borrowing his idea from another of his podcasts for today's episode. How are you doing today, Baz? I'm good, yes, and... uh... No worries, yeah, mistakes happen. I, I was sat here ready to talk about Star Trek Next Generation and uh, there was no Jeff on the other side. But hey, we're going to discuss it today. That's, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I was sat at my dad's and I saw your messages and I thought, oh, yes, that's right, that was today. So I do apologise for that. But we've got together, we're, um, we're doing the planned recording as ever. Now, because I've sort of borrowed your idea, do you want to go into a little bit about where we've got this idea from yeah so in this episode we're going to talk about the best of star trek next generation and uh i also host a doc 2 podcast with my son ben on another podcast over that we made this network called the tardis crew so there's a kind of a kind of ad there for the tardis crew doc 2 podcast and one of the very early episodes we did when we launched last year was the best of each doctor looking at the uh the best episode, the best villain, the best companion, and uh, best moments. So, Jeff, you kind of thought it was, you you really liked that podcast, and you thought it'd be good to do something here for the next generation. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we can't really talk about something which lasted for seven seasons and four movies in the same way that Doctor Who has, which is coming up on sixty years yeah. now. It was a long podcast. Um, yeah. with... <laughs> <laughs> it was. Was it about an hour and a half or two hours? Yeah, or it, yeah, yeah. And, and my son Ben can yeah. talk talk. For, forever on dot two so yeah that was a long podcast but uh, yeah won't be as long this one i think yeah and we're hoping to do something all together at some point in the future more yeah. on that uh, when we get there anyway what we're basically doing then is each of the seven seasons the movies we've basically decided to pick out a few things each now neither of us knows what the other has chosen but we'll be talking about our favorite episode for each season our favorite character our favourite baddie or villain and our favourite moment uh, from the season as well. Now, we did put a couple of rules in place for this one. So if there was any cliffhangers, we couldn't say you couldn't have it as both parts of the cliffhanger for two different seasons. So you couldn't have the best of both worlds for season three and season four, which I think was fair. Yeah. What I've decided, I've put set myself a couple of rules, actually, and I've tried not to use the same episode twice for the different categories. That's not always been possible, and I have cheated a couple of times. We'll get down to it and show you exactly what we mean as we're going along. Let, let's go for it, yeah. Let's get into uh, Season 1. Yeah, Star Trek The Next Generation, I think it's safe to say, was finding his feet in the first season. And I don't know about you, but I had some problems picking things in this season oh absolutely as a huge fan of starship the next generation as i am and obviously we're doing this podcast yeah. it's fairly safe to say i think season one of the next gen is one of the worst first seasons of any of the star trek shows it has some real clunkers it has some really embarrassing episodes like code of honor 
and and justice it, and justice absolutely yeah and it's also trying too hard to be another rehash of the original series and it obviously it got better mm. and so much better as it went on but you know when you're looking if you're looking at the best episodes of star trek the Next generation i'll be flabbergasted if any season one episodes are really in a top 10 yeah, there's one standout from the first season which I've picked, and I'd be interested to see if you've chosen the same one. But this is very much as the season goes on. So who shall go first then, picking our favourite episode? Do you want to go first? Uh, okay, yeah, why not? I was trying to think about this, and it, it was a hard one. There, there was a there was a kind of a slight runner-up for me, in that it's a little bit naff, but I have always been a fan of the Arsenal Freedom. Because I think it's so okay. original 60s Star Trek series in its, in its approach that I actually quite yeah. like. I think we, we lean so heavily into the TOS. It yeah, kind of works in the episode, but it's a little bit cheesy. But I think there's only one winner, really, and it's Conspiracy. Yeah, that's what I've got yeah. as well. I, I think um, this is the only episode I can see being in people's favourite lists. It, it's it's a real kind of... it's. I wouldn't say it's a classic, but there's some really great stuff in this episode. Yeah, and it's um, it's got some great effects, particularly the head exploding. Yes. And it's got some terrible effects because, let's face it, the parasites don't look that great in tw- with 2022 eyes. No, it looks very, very dated. But there was there's some great ideas here, you know, some really dark stuff for the series, particularly mm. at the time. I think the biggest frustration is that it sets up more stuff to come and that we'd never went anywhere and I would love to have seen a sequel yeah. to Conspiracy certainly. I really hope I mean with Star Trek back on our screens I think there's plenty of opportunity plenty of chances for the parasites from Conspiracy to make another appearance and I do kind of wonder if there's something about them that's going to show up as the antagonists in Discovery Season 4 the ones that are controlling the big anomaly. Yes yeah another one yeah. By now you'll have heard this and you'll probably know how that turns out. But, yeah absolutely um, yeah yeah we, yeah, we're, we're, we're still waiting on the second half of Discovery Season 4 as time recording yes. this, aren't we? Yeah. But yeah, I think at the same time, I do wonder if the ship's passed on this one. I think if Next Gen or maybe one of the other shows had done it, I, I think maybe would have worked in the Next Generation era. But I, I think the time has passed, really, to follow up this one, I think. But, uh, but there were some possibilities for more stories to come. And I think it's a shame that he didn't get a sequel. Yeah, I completely agree. Shall we move on then to your favourite baddie favorite from the first season? Baddie from season one. I think it has to be Q. I think Q. just because okay. of he puts humanity on trial, it's great. When we did our encounter at Farpoint episode, I think it's worth saying as well. We thought we'd do this best of to kickstart a second year of Beyond Farpoint, and we really, you know, we did a prime yes. episode in March last year, but then our first full episode was looking at Encounter at Farpoint, so we're a year on mm. from that, and I think when we discussed encounter at far point you know there were things that absolutely didn't work for us but q was great mm. and we we love q from the start and uh and we obviously did, did our episode on all the q stories to follow on our, our second episode as well so i think he's such a big villain such an audacious villain and i think you know that's where next gen does hit it out of the park is with this big bad i didn't pick q for this one q may show up later on in this episode for me but for the moment I didn't pick him because it was it was so tempting to put him as the bad guy for every single season yeah <laughs> but I thought no I I, I want to try and do this sparingly I want to try and spread this across the board as much as I can so Q didn't make it to my favorite baddie for this one instead I have picked Armus ah oh, okay from Skin of Evil I mean let's face it he is 
when he killed Tasha Yar, spoilers, it was a complete shock yeah. for those of us watching it because at the time you never thought you'd see something like that happen in a Star Trek series. And I think the shock factor alone just made Armus a standout bad guy for me. He dripped literally pure evil whenever he was on the screen. <laughs> I think it's a really great choice, and I love the callback to Armus in Lower Deck Season 2 as well. Oh, that was yeah. fabulous. Prank call in his planet. Yeah. Great idea. So who's your favourite character? Can it be main cast, or are we talking about guest character? In the- it's up to you. I haven't picked main cast apart from one person later on. See, I haven't picked main cast because I was thinking, I was thinking more guest star, really, here. And, Me um, too. I think, again, this is where, I get like you, I've tried not to do the same episode or character over, over a couple of categories, but I think it has to be John Delancey as, as Q again. I think, I think he is just so entertaining from the word go and he has a menace as well you know he is completely dangerous as much as he is playful as well and um you know as well as being a great yeah. enemy I, I think it's a best guest star it has to be john delancey yeah first season q is undoubtedly evil he obviously turns out to be this sort of mischievous entity later on and uh, becomes sort of picard's unofficial buddy yeah but, um yeah at this point you don't know what he's capable, and he genuinely is a threat. You think that with a snap of his finger, Thanos-like, he could wipe them out of existence. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Q, played by John Delancey, is a great character, and I agree with your choice there. He's not who I've picked, though. Okay, who's your who's your pick, then? I have picked the Traveller from when no one has gone before. Okay. Again, as I said earlier on, I did struggle with some of the choices for first season. I didn't just want to pick Q... To be honest, the first season, ironically, was the last line on my screen that I managed to fill out. I'd filled out everything on all the other entries, and season one had four blank spaces in front of me. Yeah, as I was looking at the list, I thought Traveller, very mysterious character when you first met him. He sort of seems like the assistant to begin with, and you think he's he's assisting Kaczynski. Mm-hmm. And then he turns out he's actually the the actual method behind all of these ship improvements. Him telling Wesley as well that there's more to him gave us a, an interesting, if not always brilliant, storyline going forward. Yeah, which tied up nicely to the final season as well. So there's definitely set up there as well. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's definitely uh, one of the more enigmatic characters that um, mm. there's a lot of mystery to him, which, which I enjoy, yeah. I haven't yeah. watched that episode in a long time, actually. I won't maybe want to revisit. And he obviously shows up again a couple of times. So mm. we see him in Remember Me. We see him at Journey's End. Remember Me is more of a Beverly episode. Yeah. All involving Wesley to some degree. Yeah. So uh, the traveller for me for season one. Cool. So there's some good choices here. I think actually, yeah, like you, I struggle with season one. But, you know, when you dig deep, there are there are some definitely some uh, good stuff there to be found. So which one of the best moments? Right. So you've already said it for me. It, it's the, the death of Tashi R because it was so shocking. I don't think it was necessarily handled brilliantly, though I quite like the very, almost like mundane nature of a death. It's not a big heroic death, and obviously you get things like that later on with Jesse's Enterprise and so on, but I think it was completely unexpected. It was the first time I think the next gen generally surprised you in terms of mm. what it could do with its storytelling. It's a shock moment. It's, I was so close to picking this as my favourite moment as well, but again, I picked Armus already. I purposefully left this one aside. But yeah, it would have been a very, very close number two for me. Yeah. So what was your favourite moment of season one then? Favourite moment is the opening of the neutral zone. Are we talking Romulan Warbirds here? No, yeah. beaming down to the planet and finding the whole section of that colony had been scooped up by an unseen oh. 
Oh, yeah, so this was the original plan for the Borg, wasn't it? Which doesn't yeah. really make sense chronologically, but yeah, it's certainly obviously teasing the Borg that were going to be... I think they were originally going to be in season two, weren't they? Yeah, I think it was a Maurice Hurley plan uh, that they were going to bring the Borg in as sort of the next episode. Him and, I've forgotten his name, but the very, very unpopular Gene Roddenberry lawyer who became uh, an illegal script editor for much of the first couple of seasons. I've forgotten his name off the top of my head. Yeah, it was meant to have been the Borg, but that obviously changed. And if you watch season two's Who, they describe it that way and they say, oh, it's been scooped up. It's Mm. pretty much exactly the same words, paraphrasing it. You, You are meant to think back to that incident in the, the neutral zone and think oh yeah that must be the Borg cool oh yeah that's a good moment definitely I think actually my, my second choice was the neutral zone as well was the the debut of the Derek's Warbirds as well because we talked about before mm. they are so amazing those ships I love those ships so much and uh, their first appearance as well was was great as well so that was another key moment for me yeah I've often wondered if the Enterprise could fit inside that gap inside the, the Warbird but, uh... <laughs> quite possibly <laughs> The Neutral Zone actually would have been my second choice of favourite episode as well. But I didn't say that earlier because I didn't kind of want to okay. spoil it. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of... It's one of those because I find the whole plot with the humans a bit tight. I don't think it really works for me. But maybe, again, it's something to kind of revisit in the future. We've we, we got, we got so many years of Beyond Farpoint to, to go, haven't we? And I'm sure we'll come back to some more Season 1 episodes uh, soon enough. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure at some point we'll end up doing an episode on Shades of Grey. Uh, I'm sure we will. Maybe we'll make a clip show of, of our best <laughs> moments from, from the... Uh, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be our, the best of Beyond Farpoint, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, when neither <laughs> of us can make an episode, we'll just edit together highlights. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Season 2. This, obviously, there was a different look for the series. Dr. Crusher was out. It seemed to feel a bit darker. Riker grew a beard. Mm. The uniforms changed slightly. It was curtailed as well by a writer's strike. I, I, it wasn't quite the level where Rick Berman came in and made the big changes to the next gen, which kind of we really saw for the rest of the show. But there was certainly a sense that it was improving. And when we, I think we had our first couple of classics in season two as well. Yeah, some all-time classics as well. Go on then, favourite episodes. Right, I was thinking Measure of a Man, but I've gone with mm-hmm. Q Who, because Q Who is just such a fantastic introduction to the Borg. It's got Q back, which is great. You've got the whole, we talked about in our Q episode, you've got Q and Guiding and all the mystery behind there as well, which is great. And then obviously then, then you've got the debut of the Borg as well, which is really shocking and really big. And yeah, they really cement themselves as the big bad from from the word go. So I think uh, as much as Measure of a Man is a great look at the nature of what is life and and data and his sentience and so on and there's some really great stuff there that's probably the first classic i think q who for me is is the standout of the season i almost went with q who myself favorite episode and funnily enough i went the other way i chose the measure of a man i think a great minds think alike then (laughs) (laughs) when i first saw that episode though when i was younger i found it quite boring but Watching it now as an adult um, and seeing the the political intrigue about it, mm. and you've now got the Blu-ray box set. Have you seen the extended version of it yet? Not yet, no, no. There's a longer version on the Blu-ray box set, which I think is about an hour long. That's really good. It goes into more of the uh, more of the um, courtroom drama side of it, so it's well worth watching if you haven't seen oh, it. Fantastic, but, yeah. That's um, definitely a future episode <laughs> for us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we um, we ended up picking each other's second choices there for our yeah. favourite episodes from season two. Favourite baddie? The writer's strike. <laughs> I went with... <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, because it, yeah. All meta. I know, very meta with my, my, my choice of running for the second season. I could have gone with the Borg, and the Borg would have been great for this season. Um, but I come up with the writer's strike because we got a lot of rehashed stuff. You know, we got, you know, we uh, we had rehashed episodes from that were planned for the phase two. You know, not necessarily mm. a bad thing, but I think, you know, they don't necessarily work as well and the season petered out we didn't get the ball because obviously we got it fantastically in season three and obviously as much as we we did talk about shades of gray a little bit with eric Steelwell on his episode and his involvement with that it's still a clip show finale which is pretty much an abomination uh clip shows are a terrible in most most tv shows making it a season finale is is unforgivable really but you understand what they were what they were doing at the same time, but I I I I, I went meta with the writer strike. What about you? Do you know what? Now you've mentioned going meta. I really wish I'd picked Gene Roddenberry's lawyer um, <laughs> because I think this would have been the perfect one for it. Leonard something. I can't remember his surname, mm. but um, but yeah, he's he's who I should have picked. But in the end, I actually picked Q and the Borg. Yeah, I think it's fair, fair, fair shouts from Q. Who this is my Q pick because he's obviously switching over from evil to mischievous at this point. Let's give you humanity's worst ever threat in the motion of doing it as well. Mm, so yeah. yes, we end up with meeting the Borg for the first time, yeah. and they are terrifying. Absolutely, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I guess very better than again, you know, did. Bought the the transmission from the Enterprise episode result in Best of Both Worlds, or was it Q sent them back, or was it because Q sent them back, and then obviously first contact happened and changed history. There's there's so much with the Borg, and we need to do a Borg episode in the future to try and unravel mm. it all. But yeah, this is the this is the point when Q puts the Borg firmly in sight of the Federation, and uh, the untold damage that follows is uh, is catastrophic. So yeah, Q is really responsible for that. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to do a Borg episode at some point, but something tells me we're going to see the Borg again. Well, we know that the Borg Queen appears in Season 2 of Picard, and we've been told as well that Season 3 will change Star Trek as we know it. Um, so I don't really want to do the Borg until Picard is done and finished. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably going to be something for next year. Yeah, so as this is going now, we're probably mid Picard, aren't we? We're, we're going to we're going to do a follow up, aren't we? Yeah. On we did Picard season one at the beginning of the year, and actually we're going to do a review of season two of Picard. I think in the next episode to follow this one. So, uh, well, we'll talk about yeah. the events of that of that series then. But yeah, I think at some point when the dust all settled, we'll look at the Borg and the entirety and see what the impact is. Definitely, absolutely, yeah. Okay, favorite character from season two. See, you got me thinking, and I almost changed my mind because we're talking about crew members. I love Pulaski. I think Pulaski's got. I think mm-hmm. Pulaski's better than Crusher. I think obviously there's more. There's more. Ooh, there's, 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 there's more Crusher, but I think Pulaski makes more of an impact. Um, mm. As much as I like Gates McFadden, I do find the character Crusher a little bit wishy-washy at times. I don't find her as effective as I remember her being, but yeah. Pulaski was great. However, what I've gone with is Susie Plaxon as Kayla. Worf's mate, Alexander's oh. mum from the emissary, because she, I mean, she is great every time she turns up in Star Trek when she's playing the Q's mate or she's an Andorian Enterprise and other characters too. She is such presence in every character she plays. And Kayla is a fantastic character. She's one of the best recurring characters in the next gen. I didn't think about Kayla, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Klingon stories, as I think I've mentioned mm. before. 
but Kalar was an absolutely genius character as well. Didn't think of Kalar at all, but you are spot on. Can I change my answer? Um, <laughs> what is your answer then? If we say Kalar is also at the top there, what was your what's your second choice then? I actually did pick Pulaski. Right, there you go. Again, great minds think alike, so we've gone with Pulaski and yeah. Kalar. I mean, I mean, two really strong female characters, I think, certainly. Uh, again, when it first aired, I hated Pulaski because I thought, oh, who's this person that's come in? I like Crusher. And then when Crusher came in at the start of the third season, it's like, oh, they get rid of Pulaski already. She was obviously created very much to be along the lines of Dr. McCoy. Absolutely. To have those sort of old country cures for conditions as well. As I'm now older, I look back at season two, I think, yeah, Pulaski was one of the best things in season two. And it's a shame that they dropped her as quickly as they could to bring Crusher back. Yeah, I agree. Best moment. It's Q-Who again. And I say I try not to do too many um, multiple picks per season for the same episode. But I think when the Borg carve out the Enterprise, really up to that point, has there really been anything outside of Q that has been able to stand up to this impressive Galaxy-class starship? Not really. And then the no. the Borg comes in and it just literally breaks the shields and carves up some of the decks of the, of the ship. It's, it's horrific, you know, what happens. And... Uh, it's such a shocking moment and just shows how cool, how dangerous the Borg are. So for me, I think that's a yeah. fantastic moment. It's done with so little effort from the part of the Borg as well. They mm. just carve into the ship, cut out that section. It's a really effective 1980s effect. It looks so good as well, mm. but it looks so horrific. And I, I still wonder to this day how they fixed that on the ship itself. I can't remember off the top of my head what the next episode was. Would there have been time to check into a starbase and go, let's repair this? But it is... Yeah, Samaritan Snare, I don't remember any kind of continuity mm. from the Q episode. Well, no, it was Star Trek in the 80s and 90s wasn't all about that, apart from no. DS9, of course. Things didn't have any sort of impact on following episodes. But yeah, you'd think something like that, that ship would have had to have been in for a long-term repair. Nope, it's back to normal the following episode. It is an absolutely horrific moment for the Enterprise. Well, what's your favourite moment of uh, Season 2, then? There were so many moments in Q-Who that I almost picked. <laughs> But going back, I thought there's quite a shocking moment as well where you find the second Picard in Times Squared where they open that shuttle bay and realise Picard is in there. Oh, yeah. That, I thought, was a great moment as well. And a secondary moment was the effect of the Enterprise falling into that sort of funnel time distortion as well. So two moments there from Times Squared, which is an underrated episode, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. They're two great moments from that episode. Definitely. And uh, just as a bit of an addendum as well, even though I said that Q Who was my close second, I did also have Elementary Dear Data as one of my favourite episodes in Season 2 as well. That is surprisingly um, fun. Fun, absolutely. I'm not a yeah. huge fan of Next Generation Holodeck episodes, but I think that's, mm. that's, a, that's a good one. Particularly that moment where Moriarty produces the picture of the ship and you suddenly realise that there's more to this Holodeck character than normal. Absolutely. And I would say Daniel Davis as a Moriarty is another really good guest character. I mean, we t- he came back in, didn't he, in a later episode, but I think he's another good guest star on season two. Yeah. Season three, then. I think I know what your favourite episode of season three is, because it's probably the same as mine. Well, we've already talked about it with Eric Steelwell. I mean, how is it anything other than yesterday's Enterprise? Yes. I mean, we've talked about it, or, or, mm. we've given an episode to it. It's just phenomenal in so many ways, and I think we've already discussed that. So, I mean... What's really interesting is season three has some amazing episodes and yeah, 
it's like I was like in my heart it's, it's definitely yes an enterprise but I was thinking you know you've you've also got the defector which we talked about briefly on the Monty Moore episode and that was an amazingly tense Roman episode you've got Deja mm. Q the return of Q he loses powers that's fantastic you've got the offspring and, and Data's daughter as well and Sarek you know the return of Sarek and the stuff that he's going through as well is amazing and of course Best of Both Worlds Part 1 so many big big episodes and you know I, I think it's probably why even though I think maybe like season 5 and 6 are probably consistently better I think season mm. 3 is still one of the best seasons because it has so many classics uh, over, over yeah. the short one. This season and season four are two of my favourite seasons. Mm. I get what you're saying, though, with five and six. And I had the opposite problem to season one on this one in finding things to pick because there's just so many things to choose from. Absolutely. Yesterday's Enterprise, of course, it is my favourite episode of season three as well. That isn't to knock anything else from season three because it's, it's constantly hitting the high notes of Star Trek during that run. They've got a trope as well where they say it grew the beard, which is the opposite of the Fonz-related jump in the shark. <laughs> and season three's Star Trek The Next Generation is where the show grew the beard. Yeah. Because it took off on its own. It became a show in its own right. It stepped out of the shadow of its predecessor. This is Star Trek as we know it now. The one thing I forgot to talk to Eric about with that episode is as well about how quickly everything got made for that. Because apparently they Mm. wrote it over Thanksgiving weekend and it was on the air in February. So that was a three-month turnaround from the script being written to the episode being aired. I mean, oh my God, you couldn't get that on TV these days. Star no. Trek Discovery takes about a year for the whole thing to be done. It should have been a car crash episode, given the way that it all, all came been... together. Yeah, four, four writers. Yeah, yeah it was like four writers each took an act and just wrote that act, and it should be yeah. clunky. It shouldn't flow. It, it should look really weird. And yet, you've got the Enterprise C, you've got the the alternate war, you've got the alternate Enterprise D, and, and you know, the, so many things in that episode. So many iconic moments. And it flows mm. brilliantly, and yet it really, given the behind-the-scenes episode, it absolutely shouldn't. I can't fault yesterday's Enterprise. There is nothing about it I can find no. fault with. No, no, um, no. It hits the marks on every single case. And it was so hard not to pick yesterday's Enterprise for every single category for season <laughs> three. I managed it somehow. So, who's your favourite baddie from season three? Without a doubt, the Romulans this season. You know, they were around before. This season, it has the Enemy and the Defector, which are two fantastic Romulan episodes. Obviously, even in Yesterday's Enterprise, they're stirring the pot because you find out they're behind mm. a lot of what's going on. And there's more Romulan stories that follow, absolutely. They are such great villains in this season and in future seasons. And, you know, I, I love them. And uh, yeah, I think the, the Enemy and the Defector are two fantastic Romulan episodes. For me, they are the standout villains of this season. Even yeah. though I would say. The Borg, obviously, coming at the end as well. So uh, the Borg, the Borg, yeah, they're almost exactly. still at the limelight. I came so close to picking the Romulans myself. In the end, though, I picked a bit of a left-field choice because I've got to say, it's such a fun episode. And that is Kivas Fajo from The Most Toys. Okay, yeah. It is quite fun. Um, I mean, he's great, isn't he? He's played by uh, Saul Rubinek, and he's he's really yes. entertaining everything he's in. Now, he's, he's a really great... Because he... He should be quite silly, but he's, there's a there's danger to him too as well, and I, I really mm. like that with that stuff that we do with Data in episode. Yeah, and particularly with the fact that Data at the end was going to kill this guy in cold blood, 
because of what he'd done to him. Mm. That's why I've picked Kivas Fajo. And yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen Warehouse 13 with Saul Rubinek. I've seen some of that show, yeah. But he's been he was in Frasier for a while, wasn't he? He's been in loads, loads of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every so often you see his name pop up and you think, oh, yes, here we go. Shows up in an episode or two of Leverage as well, which is a great show if you cool. haven't seen it. Favourite character? You know I'm a big Babylon 5 fan. And mm-hmm. Jakar, played by Andreas Katsoulis, is one of my favourite characters of all time. He's also great in Next Gen. I love the Romulan character of Tomalok. He, he appears mm. in you know that, that scene in the defector when he says I'm going to take the Enterprise D back to Romulus and parade the, the, the source section in the capital he's so mm. great so ruthless that kind of interplay between Picard and Tom Locke is fantastic and uh, I really wish Tom Locke had been in it a lot more because he's such a great villain it's probably because he was filming five when he couldn't do it he does turn up a couple mm. more times but he's there in, in I think he's also in The Enemy as well I believe Yeah, for me one of the most memorable Romulan characters we ever had on Star Trek and utterly ruthless and yet yeah, just a fantastic to watch yeah i mean the character itself shows up again in all good things mm. you do see a vision or a, a fake version of him in future imperfect as yeah. well yeah i agree he's a great great character what about your choice you alluded to it earlier on in your list of great episodes of season three i've picked lal oh yeah yeah that's great yeah it's great great performance there hallie todd who plays lal just puts across this character of of Lal so well. I suspect as well that when they created Daj and Soji for Star Trek Picard, they looked back at this episode to get some inspiration as to the sort of characterization. Mm. And it was it was Lal but more human. I can't really say anything more about Lal. I'm just double checking that I didn't pick it as my favourite moment. No, I didn't. Laugh out loud moment where she grabs Riker while serving behind the bar, drags him over the bar and kisses him as Data <laughs> walks in is a classic moment in Star Trek. And Riker's look of sheer shock as Data walks in and asks what his intentions are towards his daughter. Yeah. Laugh out loud moments. It is. And such a wonderful endearing performance from her. You know, that, that kind of the very yeah. innocent childlike quality to her. It's such a bittersweet episode. It's so sad at the end when what happens to her as well. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, it, it, yeah. It, you feel you feel it. We we just thinking about it now, and um, yeah, such mm. a, such a male performance. I completely agree. She's just a great, great choice. When we did our my rewatch and my partner's first watch through of it, when we got to the offspring, I just brought a box of Kleenex in, <laughs> and she went, what's that for? I said, you'll see. It's it's, it's brilliant episode, funny moments, and it's so tragic and so sad at the end. So definitely yeah. favorite moment from season three. Fire, it's the fun, it's the. That's end. mine as well. Yeah, it, it's. Mr. I mean, you, Wolf, you don't fire. you don't get bigger than that cliffhanger. I am Locutus, a Borg. Resistance is futile. Your life, as it has been is over. From this time forward, you will service us. Mr. Worf. Fire.
And not only that, I bet you remember the music in the background oh, yeah. as well. That, yeah. To be continued. It's amazing. It, it is one of TV's greatest cliffhangers. You know, the yeah. shocking revelation that Picard has been turning into Locutus and then finally got a weapon that's going to destroy the Borg. So that's it. Picard's either the Borg don't get destroyed or Picard's dead. They're, they're, that's the two mm. options now. And it's the, that's such high stakes and that decision to essentially sacrifice Picard to destroy the Borg is such a big, big cliffhanger. And yeah, you get goosebumps yeah. thinking about it now. Yeah, right. That music as well. Yeah, I, got, I can yeah. feel it down my spine now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is one of TV's all-time greatest cliffhangers. Michael Piller, he had said that he wrote the episode and purposefully gave it that ending. Because his plan was he was going to work on season three and that's it. He was working, moving on to someone else, uh, something oh, else. Okay. But then they kept him on and he thought, damn it, I've got to try and figure a way out of this now. <laughs> he, he'd basically written that cliffhanger to leave to someone else to fix, uh, which I thought was brilliant. I, I'd love to have seen his face when he realised he actually had to then write the ending of the episode as well. It, it's definitely up there as not just one of the best cliffhangers in Star Trek, but one of the best cliffhangers in television. Absolutely. And it's always yeah. there. If you look at the top 10 best TV cliffhangers of all time, I'll be surprised if Best of Both Worlds isn't on that list. The one thing that amazes me is because when this was first aired here in the UK, people think that we had to wait about 18 months to see the second half of that episode. But we only had to wait the following week to see how the episode ended. The American audience of Star Trek The Next Generation, the fans that watched it at the time. I take my hat off to you Mm. people for keeping everything together, waiting for Star Trek The Next Generation's fourth seasons to start back up again (laughs) and see how that ended. Yeah. Because I think I would have looked like Picard at the end of that. I would have torn all my hair out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look at this. 16th of June 1990, part one, and then 22nd of September 1990 for part two in the US. So yeah, you had quite a wait for that three months yeah yeah I, I take my hat off to any of the fans that were around at the time and watched that first time round on US TV we only had to wait a week and that was long enough I remember <laughs> uh, have we got any close seconds I've got a close second which to be fair is the best of both worlds favourite episode uh, of course to be honest Best moment, that was such a clear, in my mind, that is the best moment that I didn't think mm. of anything else. But there was there were so many, you know, yes, it's Enterprise, make sure no one forgets the name Enterprise speech is phenomenal at the end there of that episode. And yeah, you, you, yeah, you talk about the, the kissing um, Riker in Offspring. Is and that scene at the end of Offspring when his data is trying to save Hallow's world is just, it's so just it is um, heartbreaking to watch, yeah. So many, so many big yeah. moments, but for me, I think that was a clear choice. I didn't think of anything else. I'll throw in another one as well, then, in that case. I'll throw in the moment of Sarek's tear in oh, the episode yeah. Sarek and Picard looking across and noticing it. That was uh, that was quite a good uh, good moment. Yeah, well. staggeringly good performance there from Mark Lennon. Yeah, I'm glad to see him again. As Eric Stilwell was saying in previous episode, they tried to avoid any sort of references to the original series. Bear play on bringing back Sarek, that was a, a great choice, and getting Mark Leonard back on board again. Right, season four, my personal favourite Next Generation season. So best episode, I think as much as I avoided it for season three, the best of both worlds part two is absolutely my favourite episode because it just goes bigger and bigger. You think you've seen it all there with that cliffhanger and then you get... I know we didn't see it. I know we saw bits of it as well in the DS9 pilot episode Emissary. 
but the Battle of War 359 and that devastation to the to the Starfleet in terms of that battle, the way they just massacred as well, and the stakes yeah. get higher and higher. That race to Earth, the race to stop Picard as Lucutus from assimilating Earth is it, fantastic. It's such high stakes and what an opening and uh, and the conflict there again with Riker and Shelby. The conflict between them is, is, is fantastic. And she's, and she's a great, great character, and I really wish we'd see more. I mean, again, love the call-out to her in Lower Decks Season 2. There's yeah. so many great call-outs to classic Star Trek there. Yeah, it was... Um, Shelby was a fantastic character as well. And, you know, another, another guest star for Season 3 or 4, it could have been her, because she's great, yeah. and I love the interplay with Riker. And it's almost... It's almost part of me that, as much as I am so glad that obviously Patrick Stewart continued, I think there was talk about he might not continue on the shows. It was a way out for him. It was a genuine threat of Picard dying yeah. in yeah. Um, Next Generation yeah. season four. Would have been we'd taken like Tashi Yar to a whole other level on what happened yeah. in terms of the shock value. I would love to see it almost an alternate reality where you've got Riker and Shelby as mm. the captain and first officer of the Enterprise, and to see what that would be like would be would, would be great. Have you read any of Peter David's Star Trek New Frontier books? No, I know she's um, she's the first officer in that in that series, isn't she? Yeah, she's the first officer of the Excalibur. I've only read a handful of them. She's still as good a character in those books, but then it's Peter David, so he's uh, he's a fantastic author he is, of yeah. licensed tying novels. Mm. So yeah. Even though I think The Best of Both Worlds Part 1 is one of the best episodes of Star Trek going, I I think there's parts of the second part that I feel really disappointed by, so I didn't pick this as my favourite episode of season four. Mm-hmm. I've instead picked, again, a bit of an underrated episode. I really like the episode Clues. Okay, that's quite a, quite a good one, yeah. I, I like the Mystery Box episodes of the, of Star Trek, and yeah, that's mm. a really, really good one, definitely. Good, 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 good choice there. Again, there's, a, there's quite a few in season four, aren't there, we could, you could pick from? I mean, I'm thinking um, Remember Me, what I think is the best Crusher episode they ever did. The um, Shrinking Galaxy as well, that, that's great, and... Uh, Future Imperfect with Riker and, and the kind of the alternate future. You know, there's, there's so many there. Data's Day is wonderful. Identity Crisis, we talked about in our Geordie episode, the really, really great Geordie episode, Identity Crisis there. Yeah. And the Drumhead as the well. And, yeah, and Theory is another really good Data one. So, you know, some, there's some really good classics on there. I don't think maybe as many standouts in Season 4 as maybe Season 3 and maybe some of the later ones, but, you know, some really, really good solid material on Season 4. I completely agree. I mean, Season 4, as I said, is is my favourite season of Next Generation because I said about Season 3 there being so many episodes that are top-notch quality. Season 4 was when I started recording Star right. Trek, so I could go back and watch them, and I had <laughs> geeky me time. <laughs> I had a collection of VHS tapes that I'd recorded, and this was the start of it. And this went all the way up until Enterprise's final episode. Wow. So I had VHSs of every single one, four episodes per tape across the whole series. Oh, I remember videotaping episodes of, of TV shows on VHS and keeping them. I think I had Babylon Five recorded off Channel Four at the time. I think we're next gen, a couple of years behind you, and I think we're next gen. I didn't really watch it as much live as you did. I what I kind of was in and out on BBC Two. I watched a lot of episodes, but um, I think again season four or even season five was where I was kind of more regularly watching the show. I think I think mm. the final season, season seven, I remember watching all of it from beginning to end. But uh, yeah, I kind of I obviously came into it late, so a lot of earlier Star Trek, Next Generation, 
is when I went back to it and revisited it when it was on on TV, on TV, or watched it on Netflix as well. So, uh, yeah, I've kind of um, I've watched all of Next Generation now. A couple, um, I think every episode probably at least once. But uh, yeah, I I, I wasn't there at the beginning like you were. The one thing as well, I got just going back to clues. How much into Red Dwarf are you? I'm a big Red Dwarf fan. I love Red Dwarf. I'm not an Uber fan. I know there are people that are massive, okay. massive fans. I, I, I expect you're more a fan than Red Dwarf than I am, but I do really enjoy it. Yeah. There was a Series 2 episode of Red Dwarf called Thanks for the Memories. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry, so Thanks on. for the Memory. When I saw Clues for the first time, I thought, this reminds me of the Red Dwarf episode. It's been picked up before. Patrick Stewart did an interview and apparently he was at home in the UK once and he turned the TV on, watched an episode of Red Dwarf and he said it was so similar to an episode of Star Trek that they'd done. He picked up his phone and was about to call his lawyer <laughs> and then the show made him laugh and he put the phone back down again and, and left it go. Now, there's been debate as to whether he's talking about the episode thanks for the memory with the next generation episode clues or whether they're talking about the episode gunmen of the apocalypse and comparing it to the episode um fistful of datas a fistful of datas thank you uh, i t- only talked to dan decker about this yeah, episode on the show a couple of months ago but yeah uh, there's there's confusion as to whether it's it's this episode or a fistful of datas that that's referring to but uh, i do love the fact that patrick stewart watched the episode, laughed and carried on watching and became, from what I understand, a, you know, fair mi- a Red Dwarf fan. Fantastic. Season four. Baddie. It's the Borg. I think I, I've kind of flipped around the Borg a couple of times. You know, I said, I said maybe the Borg in season two, but I said the right strike. So I, I think I had to put the Borg <laughs> in somewhere and I put the Borg in yeah. here because of just of the devastation they cause. And I do agree with you. I think Best of Both Worlds Part 1 is a better episode. And if you says Enterprise... Hadn't been there. I may have gone with part one as my favourite season three. But um, I had to put Best of Worlds in there because it's such a big episode. And the Borg are such yeah. an amazing villain. And the devastation they cause in this story. I don't think it's... You know, again, you've got the Romulans in, in this season mm-hmm. and the Klingons to an extent as well. But I think really it has to be the Borg. That's a fair comment. But obviously I'd already picked the Borg for season two. My favourite baddie in season four is Rear Admiral Nora Satie. Ah, oh, yes. From the drumhead, which that episode should have been another Shades of Grey. They mm. needed a very, very tight budget episode, and they were talking about doing a clip show. But instead, they made this fantastic, again, courtroom drama, and they bring in Gene Simmons of all people, yeah. not the Kiss front man, but legendary actor Gene Simmons to play Rear Admiral Nora Satie. And it's fantastic. And you can see her just slowly going off the rails and Picard reeling her back in in the episode. It's it's one of the best moments of season four for me. It is. One of the best performances, I should say. Definitely. Well, guess what my guest star is? I would all say to you, yeah, um, Gene, Simmons is, Gene Simmons is fantastic. She is... It's the way it builds and builds and builds, and it becomes fanatical. Her prosecution in the court case, it is it is such a good, and it's, I love courtroom dramas, and this is a great courtroom yeah. drama, And it's but it's the way it spirals out of control, and she, she is a fanatic. She's one of those bad, you call it bad rules, almost. Like, in a slightly different rules, way, yeah. in a slightly different way to things like Admiral Pressman, but she is, she's still just as ruthless and as mm. almost unhinged, but Simmons brings such depth to that performance and such 
majesty as well you know uh, such presence yeah. It's, it's yeah it's it's mesmerizing to watch and for me you know there were other choices for best guest star you know denise crosby back as sealer um obviously kayla's back as mm-hmm. well and um there were a few i mean but i think it had to be yeah had to be gene simmons as admiral norse for me i can't fault that because obviously she's my favorite baddie of the season my favorite character from season four another underrated episode is ardra from devil's do and I, I was toying with, is she a baddie? Well, obviously she's a baddie, but I was toying, yeah. do I put her in the baddie? Do I put her in the favourite character? Mm. But in the end, I put her in favourite character because I wanted to talk about Satie and Ardra. <laughs> yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. Well. She's a lot of fun, absolutely. But Ardra, this, funnily enough, you were talking about the writer's strike earlier on, and they brought in some of the episodes from the abandoned 70s series Star Trek Phase 2. Mm. This is another one of those scripts that they reused. Oh. Uh, Devil's Deal was created for Star Trek Phase 2. They they brought it back, put Picard in there, and you think that this Ardra character is this... Well, they, she comes across as the devil... But she's meant to be this sort of omnipotent creature, and you just find out as the episode goes on that she's just a con artist, mm. and she's been swindling this planet out of their wealth with threats of violence, and and all she's got is transporter and holographic technology. Mm. It's a great twist on the story because you you're expecting another Q or another traveller, yeah. But she's got no powers at all apart from technology, which I think works really. It does work. Otherwise, it would be a bit more throwaway, lesser Q episode. So I think yeah, no, it absolutely works. Moving on to favourite moments from season four. Yes. What's your favourite moment? It's Picard breaking down the mud in family. That that cathartic moment. I have got yeah. exactly the same wording on my uh, <laughs> on my screen. Picard breaks down in the mud. It's such a staggeringly good performance from Patrick Stewart. I mean, Family is mm. another fantastic episode. I think it, it's yes. the almost unofficial third part of the Best of Both Worlds trilogy because it's about yeah. the fallout of what happened to Picard. It's staggering. I talked about Family. I talked about this speech in the scene, in, in the discussion I did with, with my wife, Gem, last year on mental health struggles in Star Trek Next Generation. Mm. And this is... Picard, all that denial and that pain and that trauma just exploding and, re- and being released. It's such a phenomenal performance by Patrick Stewart. Yeah, it's it's such a, such a big moment. It's such a powerful moment. I'm so glad family happened for this scene alone. Yeah, I mean they didn't uh, they didn't film this episode until a few episodes in, did they? But they obviously then decided to go and put it mm. straight after Best of Both Worlds, and they had to because yeah. the Enterprise is being repaired. It had the the pasting from the Borg, so of course it has to go in for repair. Mm. There's no scenes on the bridge. There's no scenes with Data. It's all about family because obviously it's not just Picard's family that show up. Worf's adoptive family show yeah. up. Wesley finds out information about Jack. Yeah. These three stories that are ongoing all the way through. And there's no pew-pew laser beam actions. Mm. It's all... It's all heartwarming family story. Picard's even thinking about jacking it in mm. and working with uh, working with his family back on the vineyard, uh, which obviously shows up later on in Star Trek Picard. But that fist fight with his brother just breaking down afterwards mm. and you realize yeah he needed to get i'm 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 welling up now yeah. thinking about yeah. it but he needed to get all of that emotion out from his violations that happened to him during yeah. best of both worlds 
and he needed to get all that out. And Robert perfectly got it out of him. Yeah. Punch the crap out of him, get him to punch back, and they're best of friends at the end. Yeah, of yeah, which, which is which is lovely. Yeah, yeah, St- yeah. staggeringly good performance. Um, yeah, it's, it, it gives me goosebumps thinking about that scene. It's such such a great great scene. Uh, and as I said, just thinking about it just made me start well enough as well so, yeah, that's, that's, let's move on to season five then shall we <laughs> before we do actually uh, i just wanted to give a uh, a mention to the wounded as my second best uh, ah, episode yes. for season four it's nice to give chief o'brien some screen time before he moves over to deep space nine great episode for that one yeah introduction to the Cardassians, isn't it and, and we're, we're going to do an episode aren't we Cardis. yeah so yeah. We're, we're, we're going to do later this year an introduction to the Cardassians and look at the wounded and chain of command mm. and ensign row as well so the episodes that led up to essentially ds9 so we're, we're going to do it in, like we did with the introduction yeah. to the ferengi last year we're going to do intro to the Cardassians later this year as well so we'll be looking at the wounded a bit more detail as well which would be great yeah that's it. I've got plenty of thoughts about it already, but I'll save them for that. Yes. Season five. So, best episode then. Let's go the the almighty Patrick Stewart again in the inner light. Another, I mean, it almost feels like it's a bit of an overrated episode, but there's a reason it, it continuously ranks high on people's lists. You know, the performance by Picard, mm. living out this entire lifetime through his encounter with this probe and of this, of this dying race. And it's... It's the sort of things that family actually allowed Star Trek to then keep doing is to do more of these character drama pieces rather than just have the kind of the action, the science exploration that, you know, which was which was fantastic. But I really like it when Star Trek does these deeper character moments. And The Inner Light is another fantastic episode. Fantastic performance by Patrick Stewart, you know, going from the age years all the way through to this dying old man and, and the death of the planet and, and his wife and his family and so on. And and then the realization that it's all basically in the blink of an eye. It, yeah. It's he's experienced experienced a lifetime of of this, of this alien race of this of this deadly dead alien race, and now he's kind of taken it on and and he's left with that flute. It's yeah, it's it's a staggeringly good episode. I mean, again, season five had so many really good episodes. Um, there's Darmok, there's uh, Unifications Part One and Two, there is Cause and Effect, another great episode there. Um, I Borg, which had a cue, the next phase, which we uh, talk, mm-hmm. we talked about briefly on our technology phase episode. But I think for me, the inner yeah. light is just the standout. It's the jewel and the crown of a really good season. I didn't pick the inner light. Okay, cards on the table. When I first saw it, I hated it. I absolutely <laughs> despised it. I loved the whole idea about him living a whole lifetime in the space of a few minutes. I thought that was genius. But what was going on with him on the planet, it just bored me to tears. As I said, as a kid. Yeah, I was going to say, how old were you when you watched Inner Light, roughly? When, when, let's have a think. I would have been, actually, I think I would have been late teens. I think I was 16 or 17 yeah. when I first saw it. It's one of those things, as and, an adult, you appreciate the drama and the character piece and the character work. Whereas it's, it's not one, honestly, you know, I can see a young audience and a teenager going... You know, I want something a bit more more oomph to it than this. I do enjoy it now. When we did our recent watch of it, I enjoyed it more than I did. It's still not up there with my favourite episodes, though. I have gone for cause and effect ah, for this love one. love it. If only because it is one of the most shocking opening moments to an episode. 
sounds coming in from all over the ship. The starboard nacelle has sustained a direct impact. We are venting drive plasma. Initiating emergency core shutdown. Inertial damper is failing. We're losing attitude control. This is the bridge. All hands to emergency escape pods. Core shutdown is unsuccessful. We are losing antimatter containment. We've got to eject the core. Ejection systems offline. Core breach is imminent. All hands abandon ship. Repeat. All hands abandon. friend showed me this episode early on actually before I'd seen most of the rest of season five because Ro Laren is in this episode mm. very briefly and I'm there and it starts off and I'm saying is it what's going on why is who's that and what mm. have you missed a bit and he was going no no trust me it's the start of the episode are you sure but you know it's mid-crisis on the Enterprise and suddenly bang the Enterprise is destroyed Roll credits. Yeah, great opening. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, I've watched so many times. Jonathan Frakes directed this episode. He made sure that he didn't just reuse the same take over and over mm. again. He shot all of the run-throughs, all of the time repeats. He shot them again and again and again, making sure that they were different each time, different camera angles. And it's, it's a joy to behold watching it, knowing that. And it's a joy to behold with the story as well. Very Groundhog mm. Day. It is. I love Groundhog episodes. And I think the best ones are yeah. the ones that don't just do exact rinse and repeat. This one does it from yeah. different takes, different styles, different look. You know, it does feel mm. different every time, which is fantastic. Yeah. You see the Enterprise destroyed in lots of different ways. Mm. And then in a blink and you'll miss him moment, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, it's Frasier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as a Southfleet captain, I love it. Yeah, This was my second choice. I almost went yeah. for this one. I thought, well... I almost thought if I didn't, if I didn't call out the prestige inner light, I thought someone's going to shout. But what about the inner lights? But I do agree, mm. cause and effect is just so much fun. I love Ground Day episodes, and this is one of the best on TV. My second choice episode for the for my favourite one though was Disaster, Good choice. because I loved the whole idea of the ship being crippled. Picard stuck in turbo lift with the kids as well, I think is a joy to watch. Data and Riker having to work together, Data's head being removed. Mm. I love that episode so much. But yeah, cause and effect just pushed it for me. Definitely. And I think as well, the next phase, which we talked about before, I think that's a great mm. episode with Roe and Geordie out of phase as well. It's one of my yeah, favourites. Totally agree. Okay, who's your favourite bad guy? It's back to the Romneys again. I, 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 the Romans are going, yeah. They, for me, as much as the Borg are like, they're like the nuclear weapon version of the big bads of Star Trek. You know, they're, they're mm. the ones that are both the biggest and the worst in a way. But the Romulans are great. I mean, they're great in most seasons, but this one has seen a whole stuff of unification as well. And uh, yeah, no, I think so. For me, the Romulans again are great you know they're very much involved in the Klingon Civil War and Redemption and this the and um, what I like about Redemption Part 2 I know you're not as fan of Klingon episodes and we did talk about this in our Ron D. Moore one but mm-hmm. the the Roman involvement is threatening to spell out what is a Klingon internal conflict into an all-out galactic conflict and it's the Roman stirring the pot in there as well and the efforts of the Enterprise to stop them and of course then that follows up with Spark and unification as well, so you know they are they are big bads in this. But they they it's probably them at the most dangerous. I think over the course of the seven seasons is what's happening in season five. So for me, it's the Romulans. 
I've picked Sealer. Yeah, great example of that. Absolute great example of that. I couldn't not pick Sealer. Obviously, we'd seen a brief glimpse of her at, in the mind's eye in season four in Shadow, and then we saw more of her in Redemption Part One. Well, the cliffhanger but, is Part Redemption, One, yeah. Humans have a, have a habit of showing up where you least expect them, or words to that effect. We see more of her in Redemption Part Two, mm. and then of course in Unification. I really wish we could have seen more of Sela after yeah. that. Uh, and I think we, we, we're probably like a stuck record on Every time we mention Sela, we keep saying we should see more of us. So <laughs> yeah, every, every episode we do of this now, I wish we had seen more Sela. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and and not only that, we go into how the fact that Sela's creation is because of a tragic ending for uh, Tasha Yar, mm. and Tasha doesn't have a good ending in any timeline. No. That, that's that's our catchphrase for the show. I yep. think. Um, <laughs> I couldn't not pick Sealer. I mm. looked down the list of season five episodes, and yeah, it had to be Sealer for my favorite baddie. So, who's your favorite character? It's it's a hard one because absolutely Denise Crosby as Sealer is fantastic. Mm. Lily Nimoy back as Spock. It's great yeah. to see Spock back on the show. Um, I've gone with Michelle Forbes though as Ensign Row because there's a lot of Row episodes in this season and she's a great, great character. She, she's not the main character, but she's almost there. I almost wish she'd, she'd mm. been a main character on the show. She's in multiple episodes. Uh, Michelle Forbes. I mean, Michelle Forbes is a force of nature in any TV show she's in, you know. Like, look at Battlestar. She was amazing in Battlestar Galactica and Admiral Kane. Uh, Admiral Kane, yeah, the turf on Admiral Kane. Mm. And she's so good at everything she's in and she's great as Ensign Row. And I think she's a yeah. really great welcome recur addition to the show. So as much as Celia and Spock are two absolute standout highlights of the season for me, in terms of consistency as well, I think I've gone with Michelle Forbes as Ensign Roy. I That's a great show, actually. I'm very disappointed I didn't pick her myself. Instead, I have gone right to the other end of the season for the cliffhanger, and I've picked Samuel Clemens from Time's Arrow. Uh, I think he's such a great character. Jerry Hardin as well, famous from the X-Files. Yeah, I love Jerry Hardin. I don't like Time's Arrow at all. And maybe I need to rewatch it. And maybe okay. because I'm not a huge fan. I think because, I don't know, I find the whole two-parter very meh in terms of okay. approach. But I, I probably need to reevaluate it. And that's the joy of this podcast. We can go back and look at episodes and see what's good and what's bad. But uh, yeah, I, I love Jerry Hardin. I loved him in the X-Files. But I, I don't know. I'm just not... I'm not a fan of all that two-parter, so uh, maybe I need to go back and revisit. Do an episode on Time's Arrow then. Uh, at some point, <laughs> yes. And then we're on the then we're on the list of uh, here to we're here to 2057. I think on this podcast. Fair enough. We'll be yeah. we'll be doing this well, podcast we're, we're, in we're, our yeah, graves. We're, we're called, <laughs> what we do? We record like 50 episodes. I'd be you know they can continue after I did you know just the continued adventures of Baz and Jeff on Beyond Farpoint <laughs> long after we left this this plane. <laughs> We'll be there, hooked up to uh, hooked up to things on our deathbeds. Going quick, get the microphone. Out. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Podcasting to the end, <laughs> definitely. Well, that took a bit of a dark turn. It anyway. did. <laughs> best. So, we your best moment? <laughs> yeah, favorite moments. Let's let's get back on track. <laughs> so, there are two I was really torn with. One is the destruction of the Enterprise and the opening of cause and effect. Fantastic. Okay. But I've, I've gone with, again, Sela. Sela confronting the Enterprise and that just that shock of, you know, she's on the screen, Tashiar, but it's not Tashiar on the screen. And Picard's reaction to that was, was a great moment for me. So it's that, but I think a very close second, it's cause and effect and the destruction of the... In fact, it's two. It's, it's the destruction of the Enterprise at the beginning and then Kelsey Grammer turn up at the end as well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say one thing to you, and this is my favourite moment. 
Indeed, you have found him, Captain Picard. Spock's appearance right at the end of Unification. Oh, yeah, that's a great moment, isn't it? Because you think, as you're watching that episode, that you're not going to see Spock, iconic character such as Leonard Nimoy Spock. Mm. And yes, you see a a photo of him, a very blurred photo, and you think, are we going to see Spock? Are we going to meet him? And then bang, right at the end, indeed, you have found him to be continued. Absolutely. I mean... It's a great cliffhanger, not Mr. War fire levels, but it's it's certainly a great cliffhanger and uh, one I thoroughly enjoy watching whenever I go back and watch Unification. Completely, yeah, absolutely, completely agree with that choice. Yeah. Okay, season six. So best episode again. There, I was torn between a few, but it's, there are four lights. It's Chain of Command. I think it's such a fantastic two-part, and I'm really excited to go delve into that episode a lot more for our upcoming Cardassians mm-hmm. episode as well. Because you know, you get obviously you've got Jellico, the captain, and the ruthless Jellico comes on, completely changes things on the Enterprise, and there's some really fun stuff with that. And then Picard's torture at the Cardassians, play with David Warner playing the Cardassian. It's it's amazing, and another another you know actually thinking about guest stars. David Warner is also a fantastic guest star on the show. It's such a dark episode and sets up the Cardassians really, really well for DS9. Obviously, they've been in the wounded and appeared briefly in Ensign Row, but this is really shows the Cardassians are something to be worried about. And obviously, then DS9 kind of follows that through. Well, Emissary aired after Chain of Command, so it was a nice sort of lead into it. Mm. I haven't picked both parts of Chain of Command. I've picked specifically Chain of Command Part 2. Which is the stronger one, yeah. As my favourite episode, yeah. It's one of the few occasions in Star Trek where Part 2 is better than Part 1. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart's performance in that episode, how he did not win an Emmy for that episode mm. is a crime because he studied prisoners of war he he spoke to charities he got really into the character of picard being tortured and at the end of you know at his wit's end it's a fantastic performance i'll say it again how he didn't get an emmy for his performance in that episode is 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 a crime in my opinion yeah it's a great, great episode yeah, yeah. Another staggering performance from Patrick Stewart, absolutely. So we've gone the same there with Chain of Command. Um, best enemy? I still wanted to pick Gul Madred for this because he's he's obviously what drives Picard to practically insanity in this episode. But with the fact that I couldn't pick him for season two, I've picked Moriarty for this one. Fair enough. He's fun. I've gone with Gorma Dread. I've gone with the Cardassians and Gorma Dread because day one is of fantastic. Course. Yeah, they have to be. This is this is the this is the Cardassian season of Next Generation, really. And uh, oh, it's only two two episodes, but uh, no, I think he's great. But I think yeah, Moriarty was was really good in that season two episode, and it's yeah, I agree with that absolutely. I mean, you could actually say that Jellico was a baddie in this as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. He's come on. He's an efficient captain. He's a different captain to Picard. Mm. And obviously it's a case of, oh, are we gonna are we losing Picard at this point? Mm. Because Picard's been reassigned. Riker hates him. Most of the crew of the ship hate him or the bridge hate mm. him. But he's a very, very effective captain. And yeah. I can see him having his own spin-off series of books <laughs> if he hasn't already i mean you've probably seen the memes that pop up every oh so yeah the captain jellico ones yeah i love that yeah. yeah where he's he's this sort of mischievous joke teller he's a great character in his own right 
but yeah, I've I've had to pick Moriarty for it because I so wanted to pick him for season two. But I think in this episode, he's more scheming mm. again. He's trying to get the crew on his side. He's trying to get the Countess Bartholomew, played by Stephanie Beecham from Sequest and D- a Dynasty Dallas. What what are those? Uh, U.S. hopes certainly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great character and uh, my favorite bad guy of season six. Yeah. So, what's your favorite guest star of season six? It's got to be Scotty. Ah, uh, yes. I I almost went with Scotty. Um, again, like Leonard Nimoy, I kind of had to call him out because Vex is a great episode, and yeah, Scotty yeah. is wonderful, isn't he? Mm. He's he's one of the best things in season six. Relics is such a joy to watch. Yeah, I could go back and watch yeah. Relics and and rebuilding the uh, Enterprise bridge as well for that scene is fantastic even though they only built a small part of it because they didn't have the budget for it lovely moment absolutely i went with karen seymour's commander tereth the romulan commander oh, Romulan again yeah because i get it's romulan is all the way and you know, <laughs> when i was thinking about scene six some of my favorite episodes are here you've got relics obviously you've got true q which is quite good and rascals which was a lot of fun chain of command we talked about Shipping the bottle, obviously, with Moriarty. Face of the Enemy is my favourite Troy episode before Nepenthe came along and stole that crown. <laughs> and, and I think Troy has many great episodes, but I think Face of the Enemy is a fantastic Troy episode. You know, when Troy's mm. surgery altered to look like a Romulan, it's on his Romulan warbird as part of the schemes with the Tal Shiar. It was fantastic. And I love that kind of conflict going on with Seymour as Tereth as well, who is... Generally, a good commander. Mm. The delivery of, of her lines and her suspicions and her kind of offhand comments about the Tal Shiar and so on is is, is amazing. And uh, yeah, for me, she is she is absolutely a, a standout on, on that season. Carolyn Seymour's a great actor yes. anyway. Did you see her in Quantum Leap? I think I did, yeah, years and years ago. I only watched some Quantum Leap episodes recently. I obviously know how the reboot's coming as well. I, I watched them season one and it was very dated for me, but I will probably go back and watch some more, but... I have seen all of Quantum Leap in the past, so I'm sure I have. In Quantum Leap, she plays the evil Leapers version of Al. Oh, yes, yes, she was great in that. I remember now, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, she's a great actor, great mm. performance in Quantum Leap as yeah. well. And she was also in a 70s British science fiction series called Survivors, I want to say. Yes, yes, Survivors, yes. Uh, which I haven't seen, but I know one of her popular roles as well. Yeah, and she actually reprised the role at Big Finish. I overview a lot of Big Finish um, audios, and they've done new Survivors stories, and I think Karen Seymour's okay. in some of those as well. Final moments. Uh, final moments? Favourite moments, even. Favourite moments of season six. I was torn on this one because there were so many great stuff in this season, and I've gone with Picard, you're dead, the, the tapestry moment when mm. he, he's in the afterlife and Q greets him as God. It's just a great, it's such a great playful moment. And the Another fact, great teaser. It is, it's great because they, they kill off Picard in the pre-tart sequence of, of the next gen, which is a shocking moment itself, and then he's greeted by Q. Welcome to the afterlife, Jean-Luc. You're dead. So not only you've got mm. what's going to happen next, you've also you know it's a Q episode, particularly surprising because we've already had one Q episode this season, and outside of season one, we you know we didn't get any in season five, and we get two for the price of one in season six. So yeah, yeah it's great to have Q back as well. And we've talked about Tapestry, and it's another amazing episode, and it's a really really great pre-tart sequence. Yeah, and I was going to say actually that Face of the Enemy, the episode you mentioned just now, has got a great title mm. sequence with Troy waking up on the Romulan ship yeah. in Romulan makeup. Yeah, I mean Star Trek just keeps knocking it out of the park for great teasers. I didn't pick that, and I'm kicking myself I didn't pick that one, actually. 
I cheated on this one. I said I would try not to pick the same episode twice, but I couldn't not pick no bloody A, B, C, or D. Yeah. As Scotty is programming the Enterprise's holodeck. The android at the bar said you could show me my old ship. Let me see it. Insufficient data. Please specify parameters. The Enterprise. Show me the bridge of the Enterprise, you chattering piece of... There have been five Federation ships with that name. Please specify by registry number. NCC-1701. No bloody A, B, C, or D. Program complete. Enter when ready. That's a great moment. And of course, going back to the beginning of season six, there's four lights as well with Patrick Stewart. It's yeah. another fantastic call out. Some really great moments. I, I think for me, season six is possibly my favourite. It's got some, you know, so many big episodes in this in this season. You know, Frame of Mind, which we're going to talk about very soon as well. And uh, one of my favourites, Time Skip as well. I love the uh, the frozen Romulan ship with the Enterprise. You know, that's, that's another really great episode. So season six has so many big episodes in it. I was so close to picking Picard doing the smiley face yeah, and the walk-up bridge in Timescape. <laughs> right, okay, so that's season six. I've got to mention as well, I did have Tapestry listed as a close second for favourite episode. Yeah, of course. Along with Frame of Mind, yes. which I think is a fantastic season six episode. It is, and we're going to discuss that with um, my wife, Jem. She's going to come, she, I mean, she loves the psychology of the episode, and um, Jem's going to come on and talk about Tapestry in, uh, I think, two episodes time, isn't she? Uh, looking forward to yeah. it. Season 7, favourite episode? It's All Good Things. It has to be All Good Things. It's such and me. a fantastic finale. It's, it's a great season finale for any series. And I think it, the way it all comes mm. full circle goes back to the events of Encounter at Farpoint and the distant future and all the playful art stuff with that as well. And uh, seeing the three Picards as well. And obviously Q as well and the, and the mystery box element of it all. Yeah. It knocks it out of the park in that final episode. And season 7 did feel a little bit off at times you know maybe they're focused on the movies and maybe ds9 as well on that but yeah they absolutely knocked out of the park with that finale it's such such a great episode yeah i completely agree all good things is what i've got down as my favorite episode as well season seven did feel like a bit of a mixed bag with some Mm. of the episodes that came out i mean okay it did bring us my guilty pleasure episode genesis yes and i remember hearing rumours before season seven they said oh have you heard about how next generation's going to end q is going to turn up and say that it was all a dream or all of the things that they've had over the course of the seven seasons as all part of the trial and they did sort of work it in the show by saying they'd been watching picard yeah but the rumor i'd heard at the time was is that everything that happened in the next generation was picard's trial and it was going to end with him back in the courtroom being judged on his actions over the seven years. What they gave us instead, time hopping between seeing early Enterprise, where you saw Yar again, Mm. you saw Chief O'Brien. It's first season uniforms. I bet Patrick Stewart loved the fact that he had to put (laughs) on those tight spandex outfits again. And then 25 years in the future, which we're now practically seeing in Picard. Yeah, such a great way to end the series. It's, again, one of, not just one of Star Trek's best, one of TV's best. Yes, definitely, absolutely. Who's your favourite baddie from season seven? 
See, I've gone full circle back to Q again because I think the way, you know, it's <laughs> it's humanity on trial and you can't get bigger than that. So I think, and particularly season seven, it's hard to think of some good ones. I expect who yours might be, and that's my favourite guest star, and that's the kind of minute, but for me, it, 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 it's the, the level of, why I think of villains, I think as well, of, you know, the danger they pose, and we've queued putting humanity back on trial and humanity lose it, you know, you can't get bigger than that. So it's back to the almighty Q for the final episode. That's fair enough. I can't, I can't knock that at all. Who do you think is my favourite baddie then? I wonder if it's Terry O'Quinn as Admiral Pressman from Pegasus. Yeah, damn it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's my favourite guest star. Yeah. Fair enough, okay. What a performance. We mm. saw him later on, obviously, in Lost. Yes. And it took me ages to realise it was the same guy. <laughs> wow, he is single-mindedly trying to get Riker on board with his plans to find and use the Pegasus, which was an illegal starship, breaking the Treaty of Algeron by putting cloaking technology on a Starfleet ship and not just cloaking technology but phasing technology oh my god he is he's not evil he's just single-mindedly ruthless trying to get approach, this ship yeah. ruthless yeah. perfect which yeah. is all, all like Admiral um, Sati we mentioned earlier as well and um, yeah the best bad mores are the most ruthless admirals definitely yeah, I, I, I can't pick anyone else for a bad guy <laughs> yeah. in that season. Paramount maybe for cancelling the show. I can't pick anything else. So who was your... If, if that was my guest star in your villain, who was your favourite guest star? My favourite guest star... This is her second appearance. I picked Cito Jaxa from Lower Decks. Uh, it's just a good, good choice, yeah, definitely. Lower Decks is, is, yeah. is, a, is, a, is quite a good episode. Yeah, because obviously we'd seen her in The First Duty. Yes, in season five, yeah. She then ends up on the Enterprise... Picard sort of gives her a bit of short shrift and she thinks that he's purposefully ignoring her, he's giving her a hard time and the conversation where he says look I picked you because I wanted to give you a chance because I knew what had happened to you in Starfleet Academy I knew you deserved a chance but still treating her like a normal regular member of the crew Mm. and the sacrifice at the end of the episode as well I I don't know if I blocked that out of my memory after I first watched it, but when I did the rewatch recently, just a couple of years ago, and saw her die again, it was a gut punch because I'd completely much so. forgotten her death. And yeah. Oh my God, it it just blew me away that I'd forgotten such an important sacrifice of that character because I always yeah. thought, why did we never see Sito again? Yeah, you, you forget every why. time that she dies. It's, it's so sad. Yeah. 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 And you shouldn't forget because it is... It's... Yeah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what about best moment right. then? Best moment for me. It's... It's kind of a two-parter because I've just mentioned Lower Decks and all good things. Poker games. I've picked poker games for both yeah. of this because I quite... I quite like the fact that you see the Lower Decks crew playing poker, similar to how the bridge crew do in Lower Decks. And then the very last moment of all good things, Picard joins the poker game for the first time. Yeah, I had two. I couldn't choose because one of mine was all the Enterprises in parallels when they all turn up. And then the uh, Borg-ravaged one turns up and then how it breaks loose is a fantastic moment in parallels, which is one of my favourites. I almost picked that one. Yeah, it's one of my favourites of of the season. But I think it had to be that final card game that when Picard joins the game, end of all good things, is such a lovely end shot to the next gen. Yeah. I don't think you can get better than that. Come in. 
Am I too late? Of course not. Pull up a chair. What's the game? Five card draw, deuces wild. Come in. Is there a problem, sir? No. I, uh, I just thought that I might, um, I might join you this evening. Uh, if there's room. Of course. Have a seat. Would you care to deal, sir? Oh, uh, thank you, Mr. Data. Actually, I, uh, I used to be quite a card player in my youth, you know. this a long time ago. You are always welcome. So, five-card stud, nothing wild, and the sky's the limit. Yeah, and the, the slow pan out as mm. Picard is dealing the cards, the sky's the limit or yeah. something. It's such a nice scene. Um, and you, you just know at that point... Even though we're stopping watching the series, yes, we knew Star Trek Generations was around the corner, but you knew that they were going to carry on having adventures. Mm. And even if we hadn't got the film, that was a nice way to end the Absolutely, series. Absolutely, yeah. If that, if that had been it, it would have been a great way to end the show and end the story of these characters. Mm. That would have been a great final chapter yeah. for the characters. Definitely. I have also picked... No, that's not right. I've got all good things down as my close second. I can't pick all good things as my first and second. I, I didn't come up with a, a close second on that one, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I should have put Genesis in there. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are we going to finish off looking at the movies as well, the four Next Generation movies? Favourite movie? I think I know what yours is going to be. We've already talked about it. It's First Contact. Star Trek First Contact yeah. is just, you know, we, we've got a podcast on it. Go and listen to it. We just love it so much. You know, the... The way it's a time travel story in a Borg zombie movie and a diehard action movie and the begins of Star Trek with the Walk Hall and Zephyr Cochran, everything about it is, is just um, so, so big and it blows the other three at the water, I think, in my opinion. I mean, as much as I do like a lot about the other three movies, it's the only movie that comes close to the likes of Star Trek Afrikaan and the other other country for me. I mean, Star Trek First Contact is my favourite movie yeah. of all of them. So, yeah, of course, it's my favourite Next Generation yeah. movie. Yeah, had to be. Which leads on to my favourite villain or favourite baddie in the Star Trek movies. Again, it has to be the Borg, I think. The Borg and the Borg yeah. Queen. I think they're just... You know, I'm so glad we got a big movie with them and the, the redesign of the Borg and how they look and... I know the Borg Queen doesn't make a lot of sense, but she's, as Creed, just so good as that villain in that movie. I think, yeah, it has to be the Borg. And they, they assimilate Earth. They do actually assimilate Earth. So that, you know, you can't get yeah. bigger than that again. So, uh, yeah, they are, they are a great yeah. villain. I've picked the Borg Queen for the villain purely because of how evil and sensual she mm, is as well. Yeah. And you can tell Data getting tempted, not from the fact that it's this woman doing it, but obviously she's giving him everything that she wants. He He's there almost about to succumb and then goes no i'm still i'm still a starfleet officer yeah and sorts it so favorite character guess favorite characters guest stars i could it'd be easy to say alice creege as the board queen and alfie woodward as well as james cromwell all the cast of mm. first contact i was thinking about this one I'm actually going slightly i'm gonna say it is a favorite kind of guest stars 
of such, as in not the main crew, it's actually I'm going with Generations, and I'm going to go with obviously William Shatner as Kirk. Seeing Kirk and Picard together was fantastic, but mm-hmm. also Malcolm McDowell as Soran as well was was a great villain and a very underrated villain in Generations actually. So uh, yeah, I've got, I've gone with, with both of them from Star Trek Generations. I've taken a similar angle actually. I was so tempted to put First Contact down with uh, James Cromwell and uh, mm. Alfred Woodard, and but I decided to go Generations. But I went with Guinan. I'm glad actually. The other thing I was thinking, Guinan throughout this whole thing, Guinan is also best guest star. Really, Guinan is the best guest yeah. star of the show. Really, so actually maybe Guinan should have been here in multiple seasons. So I'm glad we're calling her out. Mm. Yeah, and with Guinan coming back as well in Picard season two, I think I had to give her a special mention. She's brilliant. Yeah, and absolutely. The very fact that she didn't want screen credit for Generations as well, it is sort of makes me like her so much more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Generations, I've picked Guinan, and because I was genuinely looking at Insurrection and Nemesis, trying to think of characters in there. And I was looking at F. Murray Abraham's character in Insurrection. I did almost put Tom Hardy's shins on in there because Tom Hardy is a great actor and he is, but not yeah, not as shins. I think yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's a shame because you've got some great actors there, some great acting chops, and some mediocre characters unfortunately yeah. um, but I I did want to pick something from Insurrection and Nemesis but I couldn't sadly yeah uh, maybe the villain in Insurrection the Sunart soon villain um, what was he played by um, isn't that F. Murray Abrams yeah character? F. Murray Abrams that's the one F. Murray Abrams as, as who does he play he plays uh, Rafo the uh, the Sona he was quite good I thought, uh, Rafu Rafu yeah. that's it yeah, yeah. quite him yeah, I couldn't think of his name neither. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't feel threatening. The Admiral, funnily enough, we're going back to Badmirals. The Admiral in Insurrection, Admiral Doherty. Yes. He's a pretty good character as well, actually, thinking about it. I've got to pick him. Yeah, definitely. But instead, we give yeah. him, instead, I've picked Guinan. Yeah, so. that's a great choice. And then finally, to wrap his up, best moment then? Best moment. I was looking through it, I was thinking, do I pick a first contact moment again? And I've actually picked the sacrifice of the Enterprise D in Generations. It's fantastic. That saucer crash landing sequence is so so good. It's so big, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was what it was. I was, that was definitely up there for me as one of my absolute favourite moments from the movies. Yeah, you see the ship get blown up, and even though I said you know you can imagine that they go on and have their own series of adventures, and then you see. The Enterprise D show up in the movies, and you think, "Oh my god, that looks amazing on the big screen," mm. and then they blow it up, yeah. they crash it, yeah. and it's destroyed. It's gone. And the great thing is, as well, is you can sense how big this ship is. Yeah. It's not quite there because how big are those bloody trees? <laughs> but the sense of scale that you get from the Enterprise saucer crashing on that planet, yeah, is incredible. Yeah, there, there were, for me, I think there were a few moments, generations, the whole Enterprise B sequence when uh, nothing's being installed till Tuesday and they're trying to, trying to deal, deal with the ship, that's great, <laughs> was great. Yeah. I um, really liked, in generation obviously, the crash land of, of the ship and then Picard and Sh- uh, Shatner, Picard and Kirk working together. But then I think for me, you know, thinking about the other one's insurrection, I really like the scene when they're singing and they're going down to the planet. They're singing. Oh, the yeah. British tar. Yeah. 
A British tar is a soaring soul, as free as a mountain bird. His energetic fist should be ready to resist a dictatorial word. Sing, walk, sing. His nose should pant. And his lips should curl. His cheeks should flame. And his brow should furl. His bosom should heave. And his heart should glow. And, and his fist be ever ready for a knockdown blow. His nose should pant, and his lips should curl, his cheek should flame, and his brow should furl, his bosom should heave, and his heart should glow, and his fist be ever ready for a knockdown blow. That, that, that was a lot of fun. That was a real fun moment because there were some real fun moments in Insurrection. But again, for me, it always comes back to first contact. It comes back to there's no time to talk about time drunk Troy. Uh, the battle <laughs> yes. of 001, the battle with Earth is fantastic. Mm. And of course, the debut of the Borg Queen. Yeah, so many big cinematic moments. The only one that comes close absolutely is the crash landing of the Enterprise D. Can I put Star Trek First Contact as my favourite moment of the movies? Yes. The whole film. Yes, that's it. Brilliant. <laughs> I completely agree. I can't really think of any improvement on those yeah. at all. Right, well, there we go. What are we doing on the next episode? We talked about Picard Season 1 back in January, and we haven't talked about Picard here, and our favourite moments of that, you can go look at the podcast and we'll talk more about that show then, but we are going to do a Season 2 review of Star Trek Picard, which will be finished... Um, a few weeks after this episode goes out. So pretty much as soon as, soon as the se- season two of Picard ends, we're going to jump on, do a podcast, do a review and get out to you listeners. So we'll be doing a season two review of Star Trek Picard. Yeah, that's probably going to be our fastest ever release and Absolutely. edit and drop because I think we'll be doing other episodes between now and then, but they'll be released later on. Yes. So yes, the next episode that you listen to will be what we think of season two of Picard after it's finished. Thank you for listening today. Where can we get hold of you, Baz? So you can find me on Twitter at Baz Greenland and as well as obviously Beyond Firepoint. And you can find Beyond Firepoint by searching Beyond Firepoint at Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me on various podcasts over at the We Made This podcast network too. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NCC underscore one seven Formula One, and don't forget as well you can also look for the Nexus on Facebook where you can chat about not just our podcast but any podcast on the Hollow Suite Media Network. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thank you. Let's see what's up.